so good evening, everybody. Shadow, thank you for, for being on. And Varapon, uh, thank you for being on. Man, you guys rock tonight. Uh, I'm very, very excited about bringing uh, my guest here, Alice Feliciano, Alisa Feliciano. And the reason for my excitement is several months ago, this lady became a black belt in the martial arts, right? Black belt. Now, I want you to know, right? Let's put all the, all the, uh, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the word I'm looking for, let, let's put that to the side because, uh, you may think that nowadays anybody becomes a black belt and that is true for some places, but not true in a whole, right? There's still some places that, that hold the high standard to the black belt to becoming a black belt, which is a privilege and an honor to become a black belt. So yes. uh, when this lady became uh, a black belt, it really touched my heart for several reasons, okay? Number one, uh, we go way back when we were young. Yes. Right? Number two, because I know her, Sheehan, who is no joke, and uh, he goes way back also. And the third reason is because this lady uh, lives for Jesus now, and back then, none of us did. You know, yes. So those are those are my three reasons to bring her on tonight to martial arts Monday, and uh, I wanna I want her to introduce herself, and then we're gonna get started with some things. You guys can ask questions, you know, say um, comments, feedback, and all of that. But I want I want Alyssa to introduce herself and give a little of the background. Don't go deep. We're going to get into some questions that you can answer if you wish there, all right? So okay. go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, good evening, Shehan. Uh, first of all, um, my name is Elisa Feliciano. I'm originally from Patterson, New Jersey. Me and Shehan, Jose Di Serbo, go way back. As a matter of fact, 34 years since I was 19. Yeah. And I also want to thank you for giving me the privilege and the honor to be in your... Uh, live radio talk show, and I want to uh, thank um, Sister Jaina DeServo as well as your your loving family and all my Karateka brothers and sisters out there. And um, it's a tough journey, but um, I'm here and I'm still standing. <laughs> hey man. Hey Sister Jaina, <laughs> love you bunches. Mwah. Can't wait to yeah. see you guys in two weeks. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. So uh, beautiful. So, so let's you know for people to know and get a, an idea. Um, so you've been you you've been doing martial arts how long now? Well, when I went, um, first of all, I just want to let you know how I got inspired into martial arts. And when I was sixteen, I dropped. A friend of mine, we were walking, I dropped her off in the corner of Summer Street and Market Street in Patterson. I was 16 years old at the time. And I was walking home, and I was taking the shortcut to an alleyway, and a stranger grabbed me, and he dragged me, and I was raped when I was 16. And um, I went home, and I told my family about it. And they took me to Bonnet Hospital. They had a, a rape kit done on me. And then 
my father went with me to the police station and we had to report the rape and you know by that time i was angry at myself because i didn't fought strong enough i didn't fought hard enough and i blamed myself for the rape and i had carried that burden now angel munis who is the brother of arle shihan which is adria jas munis um his family knew my family his parents and my parents knew each other from when they lived in puerto rico at the time and it was angel munis who was at the time best friends with my oldest brother was telling me you know my brother has a um teaches martial arts you know he found out about what happened to me that i got raped and he was telling me you know my brother got this um he teaches martial arts you should go this and that so at first i was like well you know i was blaming myself i said what's the sense of me learning martial arts if the rape already happened you know so i carried that burden for two years and i you know i started doing drugs and alcohol to numb myself from the rape incident so it was um at the uh, two years later and i was at the fabian theater when they they had a fabian in church street in patterson and so i was there we i would go hang out with my friends on sundays and we would go like to the balcony and go drink some mr boone's farm and old english and andrew and go smoke some weed or whatever so I when I was at the theater they had a karate flick that was giving so I see in the movie there was this this beautiful short blonde hair woman that was she was the good guy in the movie she was beating up all these bad guys and I was like wow I was like glued to the screen and I was like I want to be just like her I want to kick the bad guys but I want to be just like her so she was pretty much Uh, my uh, inspiration in martial arts uh, later on in life that woman was no other than international well we know martial artist Cynthia Rothrock who yeah. has five different black belts and five different disciplines so yes. when I went to um, she had um, Adriel and I told him hey I want to learn karate <laughs> so I did it for uh, almost a year but I didn't do it for ranks I just did it to learn self defense. And then I left and then in time I had moved to Pennsylvania in uh 2003 in Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania and I was taking my two youngest sons they wanted to do karate. So we were going to this karate school over there and I saw this lady that was stretching you know she was uh We went to this karate school. She was stretching. She was a blue belt lady. So I started making a conversation with her. And we was just talking, you know, so they were getting ready for class. And they said, okay, get, you know, line up. So when she got up from the floor, she was handicapped. And she's a blue belt. So I was stunned. And at that time, it was like a couple, like almost two years later, um, 2005, You know, in 2003, I had a bad uh, car accident, which I suffered broken vertebrae in my spine. I had I have titanium rods in my spine. I had jaw reconstruction, which I went to respiratory arrest in the OR, which that's another story. 
But uh, I was stunned that this woman's a blue belt and she's handicapped. And I was like, what's my excuse? So that pretty much encouraged me to go to karate. At the age of 40, I went back to karate. So yeah. I started going, I went to three months, I went to Rick Rogers Karate Academy, which they teach Shotokan, but they wasn't teaching the 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 forms correctly they were teaching it the opposite because i remember you know the old taikiyukus that she had just taught us uh she had well i i remember them i know them in my sleep <laughs> so she he was teaching it opposite so i then i started going to um it was uh james martin uh karate academy up in wilkes so i went there for a few years and then I went, and then I was in the process of moving back to Jersey. So in 2006, that's when I have um, got in touch with uh, Juan Perez, who is uh, one of Shihan Adrien's three black belts. And also his uh, youngest sister has a daughter from my middle brother. So we go way back. It was like family. So... He was like, you know, come to my school. At that time, he had the, his karate school up in uh, West Patterson. So, um, up in uh, Lackawanna Avenue. So, I started going there. And then my nephew, Joey Castro, who is also, she had Juan, uh, Juan Perez's nephew. He started teaching me karate. So, she had Johnny started teaching me black belt katas and I was a green belt. So I was the only one in his school that they had all the other color belts sitting down and I was the only color belt that would be with the black belts doing black belt katas. So I, you know, was inspired by my nephew, Sensei Joey Castro, um, in katas. When I first competed in my first AAU karate tournament, and this was the first time I ever seen my nephew do a competition at a tournament. And when it was his turn, that place got so quiet, you couldn't even hear a whisper or a pin drop. Because it was Joey that was there, and just like nobody uttered a word when he did his color, so I was like blown away. I mean, like, I was literally in tears seeing him in Kata. You know, he blew me away. I, he inspired me. So I was like, I want to do Kata's like you. So my nephew, says Joey started teaching me, which he's an amazing karateka and, you know, an amazing teacher as well. So, you know, I trained for a couple of years with Shihama Perez. And then I, when I moved back to, to Jersey, and it was like 2008, 2009 around there. I started going to Shihan uh, Louis Cologne uh, in Asian Karate Institute. Now, Shihan Louis, we go way back. I knew him since I was 12 years old because he went to the army with my oldest brother. So when I was going to his school eight years ago, I asked him, how many female black belts do you have in your school? He said, I have no female black belt. All my black belts are men. I go, what do you mean all your black belts are men? And he goes, well, you know, every time that I have a female student, they'll get back to like purple belt or brown belt. They either move out of state or 
they would get hooked up with somebody and get married or whatever, and they stop. So I told him eight years ago, I'm going to be the first female black belt in your school. And I declared that, and I told him that. And the funny part was that, you know, I went through a lot of trials and tribulations for uh, four and a half years of having practiced martial arts course. I was going through some physical um, challenges uh, where uh, I got sick suddenly. I dismissed it at first as a flu. And then, you know, they were trying to find out what's going on. A neurologist had some blood work done on me and told me that I had, you know, I was diagnosed with low-grade lupus, fibromyalgia, um, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, all, all this other itis. So then I started going to different doctors, and I was going to a depression because I have lost my mother in 2007. Suddenly she got uh, sick, and two and a half weeks later she died on the eve of my birthday. So I, I went to a deep, deep depression, which almost a year and a half later, I attempt to commit suicide. Wow. I tried to kill myself and um, overdose on some uh, some sleeping pills. And at, at that time, I was going through so much in my life because I have uh, lost my apartment. I was homeless. I, I went through so much at that time. So, you know, I went to a deep depression. I was seeing a bunch of different doctors. I was seeing like 13 different specialists like about 12 or 13. I was taking like 13 different medications a day. I was like a walking Walgreens pharmacy. Well, I, I, I want to interrupt you there real quick. And, and, you know, just listening to you, man, man, you're, you're, you're amazing. You know, um, man, people, people give up and lose their life just from half of your story. You know, here you are, and I know you're not done. We got more to cover here, cause yes. man, yes, woo, man, this lady, man, I'm telling you. Uh, but you know, if you guys want to, like, you know, put some comments, encouragement, all that, uh, go ahead and put that there, and we'll we'll get to some of your questions towards the end. Uh, but just wanted to tell you that, man, there, there's a reason. Why you're here, why you're alive, there's a yep. reason why you're accomplishing, there's, there's a reason, and I know you don't take that for granted, you know, I really no. know that, but uh, man, it's, it's, I congratulate you already just from that part of the story, man. <laughs> Thank you. Us. Us. Us, I went to a lot of hell and high water through the years, and it was uh, over five and a half years ago that I gave my life to the Lord. And it was a guy. Now back up, back up one second there. So, so, so you know, you're homeless. Uh, you try to commit suicide. It didn't happen. You fall into a deep depression. You're, you're pretty much, you feel alone. Nobody's really yeah. around. And your kids are in Pennsylvania, I believe. And, uh, you know, nobody has contact with you because nobody really knows where you're at. And uh, it's a lonely time in your life. Now, what happened there? How 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 did it go from there to meeting the Lord? Well, my my kids, my two youngest kids, because my oldest one was eighteen. He was living with with friends and stuff. He was an adult, 
and I had no stability at the time. And my two younger kids chose to live with their dad, um, which in the past I had had a turbulent domestic violence relationship with my kid's dad. Now we're at, at peace. We're at friends and you know, forgiveness is important, and it's a very important step when you're walking with God, but that's a different story. But um, I, it was uh, over uh, five years ago that this guy that I was dating, um, he took me on Good Friday to Calvary Temple International Way, New Jersey, which is my home church, to see an Easter production. It was April the 6th, 2012, I still remember. And that was the first time I stepped foot into Calvary Temple. And um, it, it was like, you know, so I ran into an old friend that I went to high school with his brother in, in 1978. And I bumped into him, and he was um, an amazing man of God. This guy was, you know, he was a general for the Latin Kings, and I thought that I would see this man six feet under the pine box. And now this man is a mighty man of God. So we, I ran into him and we got in touch. And then the relationship, you know, by me going to that church, it was the beginning of a beautiful relationship, but it wasn't with me and the guy that I was dating. It was with me and Ethan. <laughs> so then we broke up and then I ran to an old friend of mine that started dating him. And he goes, you need to go to my church. And I'm like, what's your church? He goes, Calvary Temple International. I'm like, oh, red light. Uh, I used to date somebody from here. He's like, oh, well, you're not with him. You're not with, you're with me, not with him, blah, blah, blah. So I started going there in June. And, you know, I was still, like, kind of living in the world. I was still, like, you know, like, wet behind the ears. So then it was, like, late June that I decided to give my life to the Lord. And June, July the 15th, 2012 was when I got baptized. Now, the amazing, in which I say amazing, not crazy amazing, meaning Christ amazing, was um, I ran to an ex that I used to like drink, smoke weed, and just, you know, and, he, and just mess around, and he invited me over. He came down from New York. So I said, okay, you know, so we hanged out and to this hotel, and we, I stayed here for the night. So the next day when I got home, my middle son, uh, he had already, uh, you know, he moved out of his dad's house and started living with me, but he was a fitness instructor. And so that morning I got home, and he wasn't home. He went to work early, and nobody was up in the apartment upstairs because I had just gotten an apartment. And the, the neighbor upstairs was gone. The, the next door apartment was vacant. Downstairs, and the lady, uh, the old lady from upstairs was not there. So when I got home, I heard a voice. And I thought it was somebody talking outside. So I go and I peek in the blinds from the window and nobody was there. So, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go make me a pot of coffee. So when I get ready to make a pot of coffee, that's the first time in my life that I ever heard God speak to me clearly. And God told me, why did you defile my temple with your fornication? And when God said that, it was not like, it was not like, 
a voice of a normal human being, but it was a voice of divine authority. In which, when I heard it, I fell on my knees and I cried to the Lord, and I asked the Lord to forgive me. And I you know, um, Elise, this is so powerful because a lot of times, you know, we 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 live our life by our failures, you know. And, and we let failures define who we are, you know? And, and we, we, we think that we're not good enough and, you know, we're so bad already. Like, let's just forget about it. But then you, you enter forgiveness. Yeah. And then you allow forgiveness to define your life. And it just makes, it just turns your life around. And that's, that's powerful what you're describing. Yes. Living life on forgiveness. It just erased everything about you. Man, humans, us, we cannot understand that. But that's the love of Jesus right there. Yes. You know, I can take and say, you know, I'm going to use all of that for his glory. Yes. And it was, it was a tough, so the guy called me back two weeks later. I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't have any sexual relationship with you. I said, not with nobody. I gave myself to the Lord physically, mentally, spiritually. I'm sorry, I can't. He got angry and called me a few colorful words, and I, I pretty much uh, gave him a little piece of my mind. But I, when I begged the Lord for forgiveness, I told the Lord, show me how to have a relationship with you. Teach me how to have a relationship with you because I don't know how to have a relationship with nobody, not even with myself. Because I went to hell in my life at the age of six. I was hit by a bus. And I miraculously survived with just minor cuts and bruises. I was bullied and picked on and abused. I was, um, my father was abusive to me physically. Um, I tried to commit suicide five times. Three of those times I was the age of 12. I was um, introduced to witchcraft by my father at the age of 13. Um, and then I went to rape at 16. I started doing drugs and alcohol. I went to, you know, I, I, I was promiscuous. I have, was just partying and drugging and getting high as a kite and just being so full of myself. And for the first time in my life, I'm so full of the Lord instead of full of myself. And I give God all the glory for that. And and on top of that, you know, I at the age of 29, I was diagnosed with four-stage cervical cancer. And in three months after the diagnosis, it spread in my uterus. And on top of that, they uh, were going to do a full hysterectomy, but the two surgeons did a partial hysterectomy. And when they went to see me in the recovery room after the surgery, they told us that they decided to do a partial hysterectomy. They took out my cervix and my uterus, but they left my fallopian tube and my ovaries. And they also said, we're not going to give you any chemotherapy or any radiation therapy. Now, mind you, we're talking four-stage cervical cancer here. And they told me to follow up every three months for a whole year, which I did. And 
uh, gastric sleeve. So I went with that. I did my research to pros and cons. When I did to the uh, when I went to the seminar uh, to to see the different options, I asked a lot of questions. You know, I I did a lot of research before I did that decision, but I prayed about it and I fasted. And you know, the Lord said. I prepared you mentally. I prepare you spiritually. Once you go through this, I'm gonna prepare you physically, and that's what he did. And the amazing part about it, it was a month and a half that I had my gastric sleeve surgery done, and I was sent. I was looking for a Bible scripture to give to a friend of mine because that person was going to a spiritual warfare. So. And I was on my cell phone looking for Bible scriptures. I ran into Psalm 144, 1 that says, Bless the Lord, my rock, who trained my hands for war, my fingers for combat. So when I saw that scripture, I literally saw the scripture jump out of the screen from the cell phone and go up my face. And I heard the Lord say, it's time to take back what the enemy stole from you with interest. So I'm Amen. Like, Lord, are you telling me to go back to karate? So the following week, I had an appointment, a follow-up appointment with my bariatric surgeon who did the gastric sleeve. And I asked him, you know, is it okay I could go back to karate? Because I have done it for like six and a half years at that time. And I have had my surgery on February 26, 2016, two years ago. So I go, is it okay I could go back to karate? He said, why not? I said, well, the kind of martial arts that I do is called Shotokan Karate, which is Okinawan Japanese, and it's a hard form style of martial arts. So my bariatric sur uh, surgeon said, like I said, why not? So he gave me the med medical clearance. I called Shihan Wikalone. I told him, hey, Shihan, I lost 34 pounds. He's like, good, now you need to go back to karate. I said, that's the reason why I called you. I just left my bariatric surgeon's office, and he gave me the medical clearance to go back. So I see you too, Steve. <laughs> so he was excited. But the, yeah. kids, the kids were not that excited, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, but, uh, right. It was five and a half weeks after I came back that I trained for the North American Federation Martial Arts Nationals in Atlantic City for my first comeback tournament, and I have gotten first place in forms, weapon, and sparring. And I haven't Man. looked back. And last year, I competed in my first U.S. Opens in, in Orlando, Florida, because I used to get invitations when I was a blue belt and green belt for the for the U.S. Opens World Karate Tournament. And I would be like, no, no, I'll do it before I go for my black belt. So it was last year. I was a brown belt. And it was before I went for my black belt. I'm like, well, I got to keep my word on that. So <laughs> I went and I did, um, I um, got two first place, one for forms, one for for weapons and second for points sparring. So, you know, I have people coming up to me were like, what school do you go to? You, you're great. You, you know, they would compliment me. What school do you go to? I said, well, I'm from Jersey. I go to Asian Karate Institute. So, you know, it was amazing. And I'm planning to go 
and have my first black belt for the U.S. Open to compete as a black belt. I can't wait to go. I'm excited to go. I, so much has happened in my life. And I have, I have finally, after so many years and so much blood, sweat, tears, and frustration, God be the glory, I have gotten my black belt in um, October 26, 2017. At the age of 53 years young, mind you, I'm 53. I just became a grandmother of three beautiful granddaughters. Wow. <laughs> twins, a set of twins, September 7th, and my new one that came in January 2nd. And it was the hardest, hardest, hardest test I had to go through. It was the hardest thing I had to go through. And when I was doing the self-defense part of the, the test, I was going to... Give up. I was going to throw in the towels. I was like three quarters of the way done. And wow. my body was so exhausted. And, and I was so fatigued. And I had my oogie, which is my assistant, kept pushing me from the back. And kept pushing me, like trying to motivate me. And I had uh, my senpai screaming, Bushido, Bushido, you know, like trying to. And I was just going to throw in the towel and quit. And I heard a little voice said, no, you're not. You've gotten this far. You spent six and a half, almost seven and a half years of your life on this. You're not gonna throw the towel. You're gonna, you're gonna run. You're gonna keep going, and you're gonna cross that line and win the race. You're not gonna give up. You're not a quitter. So Amen. I went and I, I don't know how I did it, but I did it. And the crazy part about it was three days later I competed in your tournament. <laughs> I did my first breaking. I did my first breaking competition in your tournament. Got first place with that. First counter, first weapon, first fighting, <laughs> grand champion and weapon, grand champion and women's black belt fighting. My first black belt tournament was in your tournament, which I, I enjoy your tournaments very much, as a matter of fact. I love it. You guys are always like my family. I love you guys. I love your students. You guys are awesome. And, um... You know, I went through a lot of hell in my life, and, you know, I when I went back to karate at the age of 40, I had people tell me, oh, you're too old, you, you're too fat, you need to give it up, you know, you will never amount to anything, um, wow. you, you know, the only thing you could do is kick cans, I was literally told that, and let me tell you something, wow. I will not let myself be defined by my critics. For That's I right. let God define me because I am a child of God. And like, and like Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not some, not part, not half, but all things because the word of the Lord doesn't hold void. Because I know where I am with my walk with the Lord. And let me tell you, through my tears and everything, God knows my struggles. God knows my trials. God knows my tribulation, everything I went through. And I'm still standing. And it's because I have a purpose. And my purpose is to be an evangelist and spread the gospel and to evangelize and tell people through my testimony as a witness to Christ what he did for me. Amen. Because he died for me, and he Amen. died for each and every one of you. 
Yes. Because if Amen. you don't do that, Mish, like it says in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, Amen. You know, and we have to, even as Christians, you know, it's, this is why it's important to read the Bible. This is why it's important to get into a Bible study group. It's important to have fellowship with fellow brothers and sisters. You know, uh, get into a Bible-believing church, you know, and just... You know, just learn and study the study the scriptures, study the word. It's, that's that's what it is. You know, that's part of having a relationship with Jesus is studying the word of the Lord. You know, having that personal intimate relationship, fasting, praying. You know, having that intimate time to wake up and, and, and give God, you know, a gratitude, an attitude for giving you another day and another reason to live, because. As a Christian, you got to trust. That's another thing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not, you know, go to, you know, to your own understanding. It was tough for me when my walk with the Lord because I thank God for the people that were in my life, for the Christian people that were in my life because without, without them, you know, and there were some that were, you know, wasn't right and tight with the Lord. But, you know, there are people that are meant to be in your life. And there yeah. are people that are meant to be there for a season. Yeah. And those that have put me down and had abused me and had criticized me and have made fun of me and have hurted me, I forgave them because that's the most important thing is forgiveness. You got to learn how to forgive those who hurt you because God has forgiven you for your sins. Right. It's not right. about... Your sin is bigger than my sin. My sin is small. At the end of the day, sin is sin, no matter how you calculate it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and let me tell you something. It was to, it was almost four years ago that the Lord told me to forgive the people that hurted me. I learned to forgive my two younger kids' dad who was abusive to me. I forgave my father for the abuse he put me through. And a year later, I led him to the Lord. Bam. That wow. is what the love of Christ is all about. We get so mad at people because, oh, my friend talked about me behind my back. Oh, my friend posted this about me on Facebook. Oh, and you get so consumed about it. You get That is the most stupidest thing to get mad at somebody about. I, be, I forgave the man who raped me. They never called him. I forgave Damn. him. And it is the hardest thing to do. Wow. Wow. Forgive. Oh, man. Wow. I mean, wow. I, I'm speechless. You know, I, I am so honored to be your friend and to be your brother in Christ and to be your brother in the martial arts. You know, it's an honor. Like, it's an honor. Who would have known 39 years ago that you and I would be here praising the Lord and sharing with the world, you know, your testimony. I mean, only God knows that, yeah. you know, and here we are. And I'm sure that, I mean, this, your testimony, you're sharing your story and all the facets of it, including the martial arts and getting to your black belt and beyond, because now you're competing, you're sharing, you have, you have your students that you're sharing with them. Uh, you know, that, that has deeply helped me right now. It has touched me deep. 
and has given me reminders and, and it has given me, you know, a uh, uh, perspective in some things in my own life. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, I know that this helped a lot of people, I'm sure. I want to read some of the comments. Uh, maybe you can give some feedback on them, yes. you know, as, as you've been there. But there's a lot of great people in this call right now. Uh, some of them I'll be bringing on another time for their story because it's amazing people in this call right now, you know. Um, <clears throat> but here, here's some comment. Um, you know, you inspire Heather, who's on the call right here right now. That's my girl. <laughs> yeah. I love amazing. Heather. I love you, Heather. Mwah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, um, you got you got some some great fans here as well. You know. Um, you know, Heather's goal is to be, you know, you next next year, you know, to get her black belt. You Amen. Know? I'm going to be and, rooting there. I want to be there when she goes for her test. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. You know? Completely, completely. Uh, my wife is on and, and she admires you big time, you know, um, and it helps her too, you know. It keeps her going as well. Amen. I love um, Sister Jane of the pieces and tell her. Give my love to your mother-in-law. She's the bomb, but I won't call her that in the airport. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. She is an amazing woman. Your mother-in-law, she rocks. Yes, amen. Just had surgery and she's ready rock and rolling already. You know? Oh, she does. So, well, I, I'm going to keep her yeah. in prayer for healing. Yeah, amen, amen. Uh, you got my, my good friend Maria there, Del Carmen Ortiz, you know, I wanna, I wanna bring her on another time, you know, she's an amazing you. woman as well. Uh, my friend Duran here says, you know, go tell the world about your testimony. There are people who need to hear you and let your story be a blessing to someone, you know. Amen to that. <clears throat> um, Heather, thank the Lord for saving you, you know, and, uh, my Joe, wife, I give him the glory. Amen, amen. I got a lot of people that love you here. Marie Milagro Santiago, a lot of hearts for you. Uh, Denise, you know, she's inspired by you, you know. Um, Amen. Loving it. Uh, you know, I mean, this this is awesome. Um, a lot of people will watch this after, you know, and uh, I, I know that it will be touching, you know. Jay Smith, you know, um, uh, he says, I know some people who lie to me in the martial arts. It's rare to find teachers who care about their people, train. Uh, most of my grandmasters see for only in it for their money. Uh, you know, that's another topic, Jay, that we would definitely be touching on at another time. <clears throat> another martial arts Monday that we will talk about that. Uh, because that is a very, uh, true problem that's going on. So we'll, we'll hit on that one another time, Jay. Yes, yeah, so a lot of ripoff artists. Yes, you know, there's a lot out there, so you gotta be careful. How do you, how do you identify them and all that? We'll talk about that on the next one, right? <clears throat> Denise says, your story is the power of forgiveness. You have so much that happened that could be unforgiven, yet you, through Christ, have been able to harness that amazing ability to forgive and let God in. Truly, so many tears over here. I, yeah, I was tearing myself. You know, you know, holding it back, man, it's, it's so deep, you know. So much truth, heart, faith, forgiveness. Showing yet again, God working through karate. You know, I mean, that's, that's the ministry we're in. And so that's powerful. Um, 
you know, uh, uh, like loving to uh, Heather, you know, going through her third degree black belt is, is here, Alicia, you know, uh, so many, you know, I, I, I just love the fact that, you know, uh, people got on tonight at this time of the night. I think you for being on, you know, uh, uh, you're amazing. Uh, God is amazing. There's a group in your life, you know, uh, from where you came from to where you're at now. It, it, it's amazing, you know. It's so amazing, you know. Uh, a little bit on your martial arts talk to, you know, for people that don't know, you used to fight uh, full contact uh, kickboxing, karate, you used to, I remember that. <clears throat> even even a lot of dudes, they didn't want to fight with you. They were scared. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Your yeah, 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 was real, you know. Yeah, I no remember. I, yeah. I challenged myself because at that time, I have lost my mother unexpectedly on the eve of my birthday and i had a lot of anger bottled up in me i didn't got to go to her funeral because she was in puerto rico and i was in jersey and i didn't have the money to go there so i had a lot of anger bottled up in me so i wanted to let it out and the only way for me to let it out was to do uh full contact amateur kickboxing. Now, I have trained for a time at uh, Ike and Randy's boxing gym in Patterson, and the guy that was Wayne, the trainer Wayne used to train me in boxing when I went to Ike and Randy's gym, a boxing gym. And I went for a few months there, and um, I, I wanted to let go of this aggression that was eating me up. And I was 43 years old at the time, and I wanted to do, um, I was going at the time to Shihan Juan Perez School, Shihan Johnny School, and I wanted to do the full contact amateur making kickboxing, and I told him, and he said no, and he didn't want me to go because of my age and, you know, the screws in my jaw and my spine, and he was concerned about you know, these younger opponents, you know, um, picking me apart, so to speak. And he was concerned for that. <laughs> yeah, you were there in my first fight. And let me tell you something. I was a green belt. And the female yeah. that I had was 19 years old. She was bigger than me. But she, she was bigger than me. She was also a green belt. And uh-huh. I was like. You know, I gotta let this go. So, you know, I, I'm a person that I'm gonna let you get get the first few hits, you know, and then it's gonna be my turn after that. But you better, you better dish it. As, you know, if you can dish it out, you better know how to take it as well as you can dish it. And yeah. you know, at, at the end, it was like the one minute and fifty seconds of the first round, and I I won by technical knockout. And Shihan yeah. um, Angel Muniz. Was refereeing, God rest his soul. He was yeah. refereeing the children's thing, and he's looking and he's getting all crazy and excited. <laughs> and you know, he was like, they had to drag them three girls. They had they had three guys to drag her out of the ring because she was like, <laughs> and I, I won by technical knockout. And put I have did full contact amateur American kickboxing for three years from 43 to 46 I won two matches by knockout no loss and two draws 
I didn't do it for ranks and I didn't do it for a career, but I did it to get that aggression out. And I did what I did. And I didn't have to do it to please nobody. And it was crazy because after I won that first, my first fight, I called Shehan Johnny and said, yeah, I got, um, first in Kadas and I got first in weapons, but are you sitting down? And he's like, yeah. I said, are you sure you're sitting down? He goes, yeah, right. I'm like, um, I won my first full contact amateur American kickboxing fight. <laughs> It got so silent on the line. You can hear a dust bunny peeing on a cotton ball. <laughs> and uh, he was like, I'm like, hello? Hello? He's like, uh, run that by me again? Because I, I told him, I said, I'm sorry, Shehan, for like disobeying you, but I won my first full contact American kickboxing fight. He's like, really? How did it go? This and that, you know. He went crazy over the phone, but in a good way, not in a bad way. Yes, yes. And and the next day, he had people. He had Shehan Angel, Muniz, and and, and Shehan Jonas, and all these people like calling him and saying, "Yo, your girl rocked," <laughs> you know. And, um, like like I said, and it was from four, the age of forty three to the age of forty six, and I just want to say, whatever dreams that anybody out there got, whether it's to get their GED, whether it's to go to college, whether it's to be the best boxer in the world or the best best athlete in the world, whatever it is, never let nobody tell you what you can and cannot do. Never let nobody measure your abilities because whether you're handicapped or not. Because don't let the disabilities in your life stop you from having the ability to accomplish your goal. Because my, my late my late master, um, James T. Martin Sr., once quoted, discipline is doing what you have to do and doing it that way all the time. And, and discipline is a form of art which... The first thing, and I heard this one time, to teach yourself discipline, the first thing you do in the morning is fix your bed. Before you brush your teeth or take a shower or get dressed or start your day, fix your bed. And that was from a drill sergeant in the army that said, you want to learn discipline? The first thing you do in the morning is fix your bed. Damn. Powerful. You know, it is like... For real. You, just, you know, that's what you got to do is, you know, you got to put heart because martial art is originally a man's sport. It's a, a contact sport. And I have, let me tell you something, I have bruises. I have my nose, like, bloody a few times. I had black eyes. I had torn ligaments. I, I had, you know, bruises, contusions, everything. And I still stood my ground. And, and... You know, through this game, it's a tough game for a woman to be in martial arts. And, you know, there was times in tournaments that I, when I was a white belt, I competed against a brown belt in sparring in Pennsylvania. And I beat, you know, I beat her, but they gave her the fight. And people, I had people coming up to me mad, telling me, you won that fight. That's a white belt. And I didn't, I didn't let it get to me. 
Because I know I'm a winner at heart. I'm going to lose no matter what. I, I won fights. I lost. I won competition. I lost competition. And there yeah. were some competitions I got ripped off. But I take that with a grain of salt. And when people, I have people come up to me, like I said before, mad and say, you should have won that fight. You should have won that and this and that. You know, it was a ripoff. But you know what? I don't let that get to me. Because it's like this. Yeah. It, it's like rain. You know, just slipping off a duck's yeah. feather. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. take it with a grain of salt. And I just keep moving. Because I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Because I can do all things through Christ. And that's what it's all about. Amen. Amen. That is, that's so powerful. Um, you know, when you, when you, and I think, you know, last thing I want to kind of like ask you. And uh, then we can we can close it off. Yes. Uh, when you when you were going through, I mean, I mean, you, you're describing like your life and, and this power that we've been on, and you know, there's so many facets of it. But the common denominator that that I that I see it was it was it it was issue 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 yep that no wonder you felt like giving up and all that but it didn't happen and then more issue more issue more issue yep. more issue and then you try it again and more issue more issue more yeah. issue I, it just makes me want to ask you this question you know did you think until when did you think what am I living for? Did you think anything? Yes. Did you think about, you know, what's the point of life? Did you think? And then how did you navigate through that life of yours at that time? Yes, I... When you met Jesus, and when you met Jesus, a two-part question. And when you met Jesus, you know, people think you meet Jesus and you have a radical change and everything changes. There's a radical change spiritually, but there's still things that need to be worked out. And you're yes. progress. Absolutely. And I understand that. So when, when, when you met Jesus and then you still got issues and you go through, talk about that a little bit so that we all got life and we all got issues, but we handle them different. And some of those issues are not as tough as, uh, mine are not as tough as yours, for sure. You know? I mean, like, it is, number one, it, it was a hard thing because at that time, I, I got, I blessed the Lord for giving me the mother that he gave me. Because at the age of six, it was my mother that was teaching me how to speak and write Spanish and read Spanish. So it was with a Bible, an old, remember them old Bibles that looked like the size of a phone book that says Santa Vivia on it? <laughs> my, my, Yes, you remember. And there's like this thick lawn. And my mother would sit me on her lap and teach me how to read the Bible in Spanish at the age of six. I learned how to read it, but I didn't understand it. And and growing up Catholic, the only three prayers were like, Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory be. Like, I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I didn't know how to have a relationship with anybody. I mean, like being bullied and abused and going through such trials and tribulations at that time from a young age to 
you know, to everything that I've got, I've had in my life. And ever since that I gave my life to Jesus, even though I was prior to tribulation, because I, I've been homeless three times and it has nothing to do with drugs and alcohol. And it was hard. I went through so much and, you know, not working because of disability, for the stuff. But, you know, God was healing me. And after the surgery, it was last year. This is the first time that I started working in overseas that I haven't worked. And you know what? And I went back to the body and everything. And it just comes to control with, with not all things are possible. And I had issue after issue, like you said. But guess what? I learned how to trust God instead of trusting my own understanding. Because when my mother died, I was angry at God. I was like, there's so many bad people in this world. You could have took them out. Why do you have to pick my mother out? Like, I had such angerness at God that I was despising that. Like, I hated living. I hated myself. I hated life. Wow. I thought that my purpose in life was to suffer and die. Wow. But you know what? When... When I started getting into the word and started getting into fellowship and, and I thank God for the beautiful people that God put in my life and, and, and the sisters in Christ that were there for me, uh, to, 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 to laughter and to tears and to everything I've been through. I mean, like they were there for me, you know, there's so many people I want to thank and, and, you know, yeah. it all night, but, um, you know, I thank the lead pastor, um, Tom Kynath from Calvary Temple International who were there and Calvary Temple family who were there for me. You know, they they were there to, to, for me for to thick and thin. And I thank God, the people that God have brought in my life because God says he will make your crooked path straight. And, and by that, he brings people in your life. When you're doing something wrong as a baby Christian, they will rebuke you in love and correct you. So they will make your crooked path straight. And through all the issues in my life that I went through, Jesus Christ canceled my subscription of issues for me. Bam. He did. And I give God be the Amen. Amen. Man, um, you've been listening to Elisa Feliciano here at uh, JDC Compass Your Life podcast. And we are also live on Facebook. And uh, man, what a what an amazing hour we've had. And, and I'm just blown. Man, you're an amazing woman. Praise God for you. I can't have enough of you. You are amazing. Listen, uh, I went I went from selling my body to a friend of the family to borrow money from be, to being a sellout to God. So, you know, for God, excuse me, being a sellout for God. And I give him all the glory, you know. And, amen. you know, there's a purpose in life. And, you know, I understood now that I had to go through what I had to go through to know God. Because there were times that I was like, why did I went through all this? Why? I wish I would have had the relationship with you that I have now when I was younger. And, and I didn't understand. Sometimes you have to go through storms in your life. We all go through storms and trials and tribulation. And we're like, why me? Why is this happening? You know, why, why, why is this going on? You know, and, you know. So your storms is where you praise the Lord, because when Paul the Apostle was 
uh, when Peter, when Peter was in jail, he was praising the Lord. He was just beaten up and thrown in jail, the apostle Peter. And he's praising and singing songs while he's incarcerated. He didn't wallow in his self-pity and said, oh, why was I beaten up and thrown in jail? He didn't throw that. that. He was praising the Lord. And this is what we have to do when we're going through trials and tribulations. We may not understand why are we going through this? We, we got to trust the Lord because through our storms, God will just have to in the rain. Amen.